From Washington, I'm David Schultz, and this is Talking Tax. So we've got a situation today where the definition of certain words matters a whole lot. Congress passed the CHIPS Act last year to try to kickstart a domestic semiconductor industry. And in that bill, it included a 25% tax break for American companies within this industry. But what does within this industry mean? If you have factories that actually crank out the chips themselves, that's a no-brainer. But what about the companies that supply the raw materials to the chip makers? According to recent IRS proposed rules, that's a no. And that is really worrying today's guest, Timon Daniels, the vice president of tax at Corning. His company, via its subsidiary Hemlock Semiconductor, produces the chip component polysilicon, and he believes that Congress, through the CHIPS Act, intended Corning to get that tax break too. Daniel spoke about his concerns to Bloomberg Tax and Accounting reporter Aaron Slowey, and he says the goals of the CHIPS Act will go unmet if the IRS continues to exclude the chip maker's suppliers. Well, we've definitely got a big stake in this. Uh, Polysilicon, for example, got called out specifically. And if you look at what the CHIPS Act is trying to accomplish, you know, it's about national security. It's about technological independence. It's about global leadership. And with that, we see the inclusion of polysilicon in the definition of semiconductor as just being logical and critical for a few key reasons. One, we, we believe there's strong congressional intent there. It's not just semiconductor chips, but also polysilicon. And you can see that, we believe, in President Biden's chip speech, where he talked about Hemlock's operations. He specifically said that the CHIPS Act funds the entire semiconductor supply chain including key inputs like polysilicon manufactured by Hemlock. And he's not the only one. We've got other legislators who are involved who have said similar things about including polysilicon in that tax credit. And talking about this tax credit, 25%, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, how valuable is that tax credit for Horning and just for these companies in general? Yeah. Well, this is capital intensive work. Uh, what we're looking at is a very ambitious project. And we love what President Biden uh, has set aside as his objective. He wants to onshore that entire supply chain, which means big investment. And so for a company like Corning to make that kind of investment, we need to, to see that. Uh, you're asking us to do something difficult, bringing in this type of credit, an investment tax credit, is key to it. And an investment tax credit is designed philosophically to do something important. It offsets the cost, in part, of getting into it. And it also offsets some of the risk of starting up a new facility, starting up new production, you know, increasing or expanding production. That is what an investment tax credit is designed to do. And so it's really key to make this happen. And if the guidance does go further to expand down the supply chain about who exactly is eligible for the tax credit, when do you expect to kind of see that impact that the tax credit has? And there's also this funding side of it as well. When do you expect to see that kind of hit the supply chain? So that is a very good question. With this tax credit, you've got to consider how long it takes to stand some things up. And so in a best case scenario, let's say I started standing up uh, a facility at the beginning of 2022. And in a, in a 
good streak of luck. It's ready to go in January of 2023. And then I have to look to October of 2024 when I file my tax return to claim the credit. And they don't give me a determination of when I would see the the, the payment, right? I, I guess it could be part of my estimated tax payments maybe after that moment, but the real value might be in direct pay. And so we would see something in a direct payment come nine months to a year later. So maybe in July of 2025, uh, you start to see how this goes out three and a half years before this tax credit uh, might be impactful. And that's why there's a lot of discussion out there on direct pay. I think taxpayers like Corning are wondering when they see that cash just so that they can do their forecasting, do their planning, seek out financing, all key issues in a capital intensive environment like this. I know you're talking about direct pay. Can you explain what that is? Who's eligible to get it? I know the IRS and Treasury Department also released rules on that as well. What are your thoughts on the direct pay side of the, the tax credit? Well, so direct pay is an opportunity to treat that payment as a, a payment that comes directly from the government to the taxpayer. And the process that they've got out there right now is, is interesting. There's a number, number of things you have to do before you'd see a payment. Uh, the first thing you need to do is register through a web portal that's set to be stood up later this year. And then taxpayers like Corning would have to file their tax return. Uh, that usually comes in the following year around October. And then uh, there's a, a little bit of a lack of clarity on what happens next. The, the IRS would say, well, we will process your tax return and we will pay you afterwards. And, and so that's an indeterminate amount of time, uh, maybe nine months, maybe a year. So it's a point of focus uh, for taxpayers like Corning. And I've talked to my VP of Treasury about this. Uh, he's trying to figure out if we did qualify, what does that look like in a financing situation? And he needs some certainty on when a payment might be seen so that he can talk to his financiers and figure out forecasts. So it's a, it's a very key piece. Do you have a sense of when you would like to see that kind of that refund from the IRS? Like, what is an ideal w world for for you? Well, in my in my earlier testimony to the IRS, I, I pitched a quarterly basis. Um, as time went by, maybe as progress happened on a quarterly basis, uh, provide that credit and, and gave some citations to some examples where that's been done in the past. Uh, I know they're thinking about it. Uh, uh, I've talked to the Department of Treasury and the IRS. Let me tell you, a really smart group, a wonderful team that's looking at this. And I know that they've they've heard us. And so they're working through their thoughts on this right now. You also teed up my next question again. So in terms of what you're hearing from Treasury and also just other industry leaders, like what are some of your like what are some of the takeaways that you have just from what you're hearing from other companies? And I know you were at the hearing as well. Well, so so big questions uh, in, in specific. Polysilicon represents the question uh, of line drawing. Uh, where do you draw the line on what gets in and what doesn't? With polysilicon, you know, we think it gets in because of the uh, congressional intent. We think it gets in because of the definition. It is the semiconductor. And honestly, if you're looking at policy, national security is one of the policy focuses here. If you really want to secure a domestic semiconductor supply chain, you absolutely need to secure your supply of domestic polysilicon. Otherwise, you run the risk of becoming heavily reliant on a foreign source 
for your polysilicon, which runs afoul of what you're trying to accomplish. Honestly, when you look upstream and you see the stuff that we're providing, if the expansion doesn't happen with Corning and with Hemlock, then there's a good chance that the folks downstream won't have enough to do what they need to do. And then I know we've been talking a lot about the CHIPS Act um, and direct pay. Is there, generally speaking, like what else is on your radar in the tax space? Well, that's an easy one. Um, it's R&D capitalization. Uh, we, pay, uh, we put a big focus on R&D. We were one of the first companies to establish an R&D laboratory back in 1908. And R&D is how we come up with all these neat ideas that make their way into people's lives. And so R&D capitalization is, is painful for us. We spend a lot of money on it. And we'd love to get our full deduction back. And so what do I think the chances of a fix are? Uh, there is a lot going on right now. So I'm sure it's hard for Congress to focus on this. But I'm hopeful that if companies like Corning, and maybe with some of your listeners, if, if, if they focus on this with their legislative champions, that they'll eventually hear from us and, and work towards a fix. That was Tymon Daniels, VP for Tax with Corning, speaking with Aaron Slowey. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up-to-the-minute news and latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz, with special help from Matt Schwartz. Martha Muller-Neff is our editor. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. In a global tax landscape that changes by the day, it's what you don't know that can leave you exposed. At Bloomberg Tax, we provide market-leading intelligence and practical applications to help tax professionals work smarter, faster, and more accurately. Our solutions provide the insights you need for game-changing outcomes. To revolutionize your performance in real time, the difference is Bloomberg Tax. Learn more at pro.bloombergtax.com.